After serving abroad in the Peace Corps and seeing the opportunity to create his own business, our next guest built brick-and-mortar language schools in Mexico where students could engage in true language immersion. But his students wish they can experience the same level of immersion and education from the comfort of their homes. Over 13 years later, and delivering the needs and solutions his students wish for, Ray Blakeney, CEO of Live Lingua, now operates the oldest online language learning school on the planet. Along the way, Ray and his team discovered exciting opportunities to help educate and empower our healthcare workers by teaching them other languages to better serve their patients and colleagues. Join us to hear Ray's inspiring journey of building Live Lingua and how his company is passionately teaching new languages to improve healthcare. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Ray, hello, my friend, and welcome to our podcast. Mike, thanks for having me on. Well, given your deep understanding and expertise of learning a new language and teaching others and why these skills are more important than ever in our ever-changing healthcare industry, I'm looking forward to this important conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Ray, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Live Lingua team have built the world's oldest online language school and how your efforts can positively impact healthcare providers during these unprecedented times in our industry. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Absolutely. So this is going to be a little counterintuitive to somebody who actually teaches people how to speak another language. My advice is to learn how to be a better listener. That could revolutionize not only the healthcare world, the world in general. We all are much more used to hearing ourselves talk and we need more people to sit back, listen, and actually hear what we're saying. Oh my gosh, we're already off to an exciting start. I have a language teaching expert, a guy that's been been there, done that, probably bought a ton of t-shirts, if you will, and he's telling us, be an expert listener. I actually love it. All joking aside, Ray, it is incredibly important. You know, the more that we sit back, listen, ask questions and receive, it's amazing what we end up getting out of that. I mean, is that something that you've been instilling not only with yourself and your own practice, but also with your team members? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we teach people how to speak primarily, but it's a conversation. That's what you do. When you're learning another language, you're not just learning how to say words out loud. You need to be able to say the words when somebody replies to you, you need to understand what they're saying. And there's a lot, you know, a lot of levels to this listening. Because this listening, okay, I understood your word. But we all have that meaning behind the word. And language learning, to be fluent or as fluent as a foreigner could be in another language, you need to get past that this word means this. And you have to get to, you know, 
what do they mean to say by this? And we'll get into this a little later about in the medical field, it's even more true, right? We say, you can't just say, my stomach hurts is the words, but you know, what does that imply? There's a lot more behind that, right? Oh, I love it. It's great. It is a great perspective, great feedback from somebody like yourself who's been leading the charge in the space for so long. But, you know, just a great business practice to have, right? It's amazing when we can just sit back, learn, and really soak in what is being said. There's true power in that. And I know we're going to unpack a lot of that. We're going to unpack all the great things happening in the Live Lingua camp after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Ray Blakeney, CEO of Live Lingua. Ray, so great to meet up with you today. I've been looking forward to this conversation. The healthcare industry is changing. It's changing rapidly. It's going to continue to accelerate with change. But more importantly, it's needed, right? This industry is broken. We need to make these pivots. We need to make these moves. We need to start having our healthcare workers learning new skill sets to meet the needs where this healthcare industry is going to be. But before we get there, Ray, we need to talk about where we've been and how you are helping lead the charge today and tomorrow to help empower some of our healthcare workers. Now, Live Lingua is not just focused on healthcare. I know we're going to focus on that today, but of course, we got to hear the founder story. The oldest online learning school on the planet. Amazing feat. Tell us how it all came to be. Like I said, we're going to talk a little current state, what you guys are working on now, all the good trouble you're causing, where things are headed, how we can help you, all that good stuff. But Ray, how did this come to be in the first place? Where did you have those aha moments? How did Live Lingua come to be in the first place? Yeah. So if anybody's here listening and expecting one of those, yeah, I had this business plan 20 years ago and it all worked according to plan and that's where I am right now, I am going to disappoint you in this story. So I went to college and I studied computer engineering, right? So I was a computer programmer by training. Now I do have a language background, but unintentionally. I was born in the Philippines. I grew up in Turkey. My dad's from the United States, but grew up in Africa. So by the time I was, you know, five years old, I could speak multiple languages. And I grew up this way and I studied French from pre-kindergarten all the way up. But languages were never really a passion for me. So I went on, I went to study computers. It was a good time to study computers, did that, worked in Silicon Valley, Fortune 500 companies. And then there was a commercial on TV that changed my life, which is a strange thing to say. But there was a commercial for the US Navy and my uncle's in the Navy and my respects to everybody in the armed services. But you know, if you're shooting a gun at me, I'm running away as fast as physically possible. Ray, I'm glad it wasn't Flex Seal. I wasn't sure where no, we were exactly. going with this. <laughs> that was a great one too, but that one didn't quite change my life. So the commercial for the Navy said, had this one saying, it was just one part of it. I can't even find it when I Google it these days, but the saying was, if they were to write a book about your life, would anybody want to read it? 
And I remember being a computer programmer, sitting in a cube, and I saw that and I was thinking, no, I wouldn't want to read my, you know, my own book if I continue down this path. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'll have a good salary. I'll have, you know, white picket fence, 2.5 kids, all that kind of stuff. But this wasn't really what I wanted out of life. So literally the next day I went in and I applied for the Peace Corps. So you can imagine I went from almost a six-figure salary to apply for the Peace Corps, where it usually takes a year to two to get in. It took three months. From the day I applied to the day I touched down in Mexico, I had to sell my condo. I had to sell my house. I had to quit my job, sell all my earthly belongings. And they sent me to Mexico. I worked in the southern state of Mexico called Chiapas on the Guatemala on the Guatemala border, working with indigenous communities there for the next two years. How does this lead into entrepreneurship? It's where I met my wife. She was my Spanish teacher. She's the one who taught me Spanish at the time. So we were dating all through Peace Corps. At the end, we decided to get married. And instead of going back to the United States, we said, hey, let's start a business together because obviously that's a great thing to do for a newlywed couple, right? So my wife and I opened up a brick and mortar language school in Mexico. This was back in 2008. So we opened it up. It was This was for Americans to come to Mexico and study Spanish with us here. Even though I was a computer engineer, my first instinct was not to open an online business. I, it didn't even occur to me to do something like that. The reason this is kind of relevant to the healthcare community is we were going well for about six months. And then for those of you who remember, something called the Mexican swine flu happened. This was six months into us. The only money I had in the bank account was $2,000 that the Peace Corps gives you to buy your plane ticket back to the United States, which I did not use. So we were sleeping on the mattress on the floor of our school because we couldn't actually rent out a separate place to live from where we had the school. It had a hole in it. So we would go to bed on the mattress and wake up on the floor in the morning because by then it would just totally deflate. And then swine flu hits. We were going great for about six months. Swine flu hits. That's not enough time to build up a huge runway. It was actually my wife who had the ideas like, hey, why don't we reach out to these old students that we had? via email, way back in the day when there were these automated email systems, I was literally copying and pasting into the BCC field of Gmail, right, to try to email all these people, and seeing if anybody wanted classes over Skype. To our shock, like 10% of our students said yes. We're like, wow, you might be onto something here, right? So I threw up another, you know, computer program. I threw up this awful looking website. I do put the caveat, computer programmers are not graphic designers. I mean, I can put up a page, but it looked awful. Very different skill sets. Very different. Extremely. Yeah. Everybody thinks computers are like this one megalithic thing where we know everything there is. So no, 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 no. I can make a bank transaction happen. I can't make a paid website look good. It was awful. It was the ugliest looking website you've ever seen in your life. And two things happened. So swine flu, everybody expected it to be what COVID is today. So we're recording this at hopefully the end of COVID, right? But it didn't. It fizzled out in about 30 days. So suddenly our brick and mortar school was fully booked again. But within six months, our online school which wasn't even called LiveLing at the time, it was called like SpanishLessonsOnline.com, was making more money on a 30-minute side hustle than our brick-and-mortar school was. And I was working like 90 hours a week on that thing. So we did that for about two years until we, my wife and I decided, like, look, why don't we just focus on this thing that's making a lot more money for a lot less work? Let's just live and work anywhere we want in the world. So we sold the brick-and-mortar part of the business. At that point, we had three different branches around Mexico. And that's how LiveLingo was born. It was out of a pandemic. Without the swine flu pandemic, we would not have LiveLingo today. Unbelievable story. I, there's a lot to unpack there from being in you know, the south end of Mexico to meeting your wife to launching a brick and mortar business. And then, of course, scaling it with an incredible global impact with LiveLingo. Ray, before we dive in and give us the pitch on what LiveLingo is, how you're applying it to our healthcare leaders. You know, you mentioned I didn't have entrepreneurship on the roadmap. What has it been like for you? I mean, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur myself, and it has been one heck of a ride. 
the highs are highs, the lows are low, but it's amazing what you learn about yourself along the way. It's amazing that the people you get to you know, spend time with, what, what has it been like for you? How has that journey, how has being an entrepreneur been for you personally? I can't imagine doing anything else. I love it. I go to bed at night thinking about things I can do. I wake up in the morning and, you know, on the weekends, there are a lot of people talk about that work-life balance, right? To me, I think it's generally a myth. Maybe if you have like a nine to five job, because I guess I had that when I was working in corporations, right? After five o'clock, I promise you, I did not think anything about work until like I went back the next day, right? It was just, I'm a programmer, get the code done, throw it up there. You know, I'm just a cog in the wheel. I was working, you know, I got a company with, I don't know, 30,000 employees, I think when I left. They didn't know who I was. I know they didn't quote unquote care. It was a great company, don't get me wrong. They were ranked top 50 in the US to work for. They treated us very well, but it wasn't something that I knew that, if I walked past the CEO on the street, you would have no idea it was there, right? So now being an entrepreneur, I joke that, you know, I wake up at night in cold sweats with nightmares because I have to get a job. That is probably like my worst nightmare. So I have live bling I do own a number of other companies and I've, you know, started stuff and failed stuff. I went to a chocolate factory in Southeast Asia for five years. I mean, you know, I had a marketing agency. I've had all these different things out here. Um, and I love it. I love the failures. I love the successes. I love the people that I get to meet on this journey and the growth that you get out of it, right? Because again, when you're in a set job, unless you're very ambitious and lucky, you might have like a certain set of things you have to do every day. I come into work every single morning and I have no idea what I'm going to have to do today. I mean, I have my plans, but you know, other people might have different plans for what my plans are going to be today, right? I mean, I just, I check my email or the server crashes and something like that was not what I had planned for my day. And that's pretty much it. No, I, I hear you loud and clear. I say it half jokingly, but there's a lot of truth in it. I'm the chief bottle washer, right? I don't care what it takes. We're going to win the day. I don't care if I have to wash the bottles. I don't care if I have to mop the floor. If I'm checking the mail, I don't care what it is. Whatever's going to push the ball down the proverbial field, if you will, I'm going to do it, right? I've done all that. <laughs> Absolutely. And here's the beauty of it. We're going to continue to do that because that's what it takes, right? But it is amazing what you can learn about yourself, what you can learn about others. You said something so important that I love to stress because, you know, just like yourself, I'm very humbled and honored to be able to help mentor aspiring entrepreneurs and startups and all that. You said something that's incredibly important. It's learning from those failures as well, embracing the failures, understanding that it's part of the journey. Don't shy away from it. Take it head on, embrace it. One of my mentors said to me, and it's always stuck with me, if you're not failing, you're not doing it right because that's part of the entrepreneurial process, right, Ray? Absolutely. In fact, I don't even like using the word failure as what happens in that step, right? So if you are walking and you fall down, you haven't failed. You know, Mike, you and I were talking, hopefully you'll have a little baby coming soon and I have a two-year-old. When my son tried to walk and he fell, that wasn't a failure because he got back up again and he tried again and then he fell and then he got back up again, tried again and he fell. Failure would have been he fell down and he never got back up again. And that's the way I look at it in business. If I try something within my businesses or if I try launching a new business and it doesn't work, I'm only a failure if I say I give up, I give up. I'm going back to get another job. That's failure. All that stuff that happens is just part of the learning process. I mean, you know, I also practice martial arts and me getting punched in the face is technically, a, you could call that a failure, but that's to me is I'm learning not to get punched in the face, hopefully after a few times, right? So if you look at entrepreneurship in the same way, you get less scared of all these things when they don't work. It's not a failure. You just learn. But as Thomas Edison said, you know, it's just, I learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. That's what you're doing. hundred percent, hundred percent. You're spot on. I love it, Ray. So thank you for that quick 
inside look of how you're embracing and how you're thriving within the entrepreneurial world. I absolutely love it. So Ray, before we go and talk how you're applying Live Lingua to help our healthcare workers, what it means for our healthcare industry, all that good stuff and where you guys are headed, go ahead and give us that elevator pitch. I know you've done it a thousand times and ask you to do it one more time. What is Live Lingua? Live Lingua is the oldest online language school where we pair you up for one-on-one tutoring with a native speaker of that language to teach you how to speak the language. So when I say native speaker, it means they're from the country where the language you want to learn. And they are also university educated with a background in education with at least two to five years of experience before they even start working for us. Our average actually is about 10 years of teaching experience, but like the minimum you can have is two to five. And two is only if you have some kind of, you know, you went to one of the top universities, would we even consider you at two years old? So there are cheaper options out there, but I argue there aren't better options out there for online tutoring than us. And Ray, in regards to, let's call him a student. So if Mike Baselli wants to log in, he wants to learn Spanish, he gets paired up with Ray down in Mexico. What does that look like? Am I signing up for a certain amount of time? What does that experience look like for Mike, the student? Yeah, so we have two general packages that are out there. One's actually really new, so this is one of the first places we're announcing it. Most of our students come in in kind of an a la carte package. So you can come in there and say, we give you a 30-minute free trial when you go up. So we'll pair you with a teacher. You kind of take a learning style quiz with us. We see how you learn. We pair you up with one of our teachers because we actually have their teaching styles on file and we know which learning styles match up with the best teachers. You go on there, you get a 30-minute class on us absolutely free. So you get to try us out. If you like it after that, you can buy anywhere from one to a thousand hours, or I guess our system would probably allow more than that. Uh, Nobody's ever bought more than that at one time, right? So you can go in there and the price goes down the more hours you buy. So if you're not sure, you take the first class, you can sign up for three or four hours. Really be sure. And the price per hour might be slightly higher at that point. But after that, if you take the three or four hours and most people buy multiple times from us, then you can go in there and buy like a 50-hour package, which takes the price down. I believe right now we're at about $14.99 per hour for a private lesson for somebody who teaches when you want and essentially comes to your home. And if you're anywhere in the U.S. and the U.K. listening to this, you're not going to find a private teacher who comes to your house for that. I believe in most states that would actually be illegal because it'd be under minimum wage, right? So you couldn't actually pay a teacher to come to your house to teach you for $15. Got it. Well, you set the stage then. So, cause we're going to focus this on our healthcare workers. We mentioned on the front end and what really caught my eye recently, Ray was a blog post that you had up at physiciansPractice.com, Wonderful outlet. And the title of it really caught my eye. And we're going to focus on this now. And in, in regards to the conversation, it was stated, your blog said, learning a new language can benefit a physician's practice. What are you guys experiencing right now? in healthcare industry, what are you seeing with a physician's practice, healthcare workers, even beyond the physician practice, right? You have a lot of healthcare workers. They may need another language to just communicate with their colleagues. They may need another language to communicate with patients, whatever that looks like. How has Live Lingua been entering in or working with the healthcare industry? What does that look like? What does that mean? And why is this so important right now for the healthcare industry? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Those are the two categories that we primarily work with. So, The first one is we work with people in the healthcare industry who have to be able to speak another language because their patients are speaking another language. If you look at the demographics of the United States, it's becoming more and more diverse every single year. And it's not going to change. I mean, that's not going to flatline anytime in the near future, right? So speaking another language is critical, especially in something as important as the medical field, where if somebody's not able to communicate to the doctor or the doctor to the patient, or anybody in the healthcare field, clearly, we're talking lawsuits, we're talking that, you know, 
health problems and worst case scenario, we're talking deaths, right? Because something got lost in the translation. A lot of hospitals, let's say they do have translators, but they might have one translator for the entire hospital. So if you're, you know, medical worker number four in line waiting for it, you might be sitting there for one hour before you can actually communicate with the person in front of you. That's simply unacceptable in a situation like the emergency room, right? You can't be sitting there an hour waiting for somebody to tell you what is actually going on with a person in front of you. So at Livelingual, we've worked with a lot of individual medical workers and actually institutions as well. So what they do is either if it's an individual medical worker, they either sign up with us directly or most institutions have funds that you can use for continuing training. We get approved like 99% of the time because we can give, you know, the correlation between wanting to learn Spanish or Mandarin or whatever language is relevant to the area that you work in. And selling that to your HR department or whoever approves these things is extremely easy. You can say, look, I'm a doctor. I don't speak Spanish. And 80% of the people who come in here are native Spanish speakers. I'm in Central California. It's not a hard sell. It gets approved. And at our price point, it's just so affordable. That's really not a huge issue there. The second thing that happens that you touched upon was also that we work with medical professionals in the area that need to be able to speak with their colleagues. And I'll use Spanish as the primary thing here because there are a lot of native Spanish speakers moving into the medical field right now, especially as nurses, hospice care, all the rest of it. And if you want to be able to communicate not only on the language level, but on the cultural level with the people you're working with every single day, learning the language is key to do that. I absolutely love it. And also too, again, we'll leave the link to raise blog post over at physicianspractice.com. Part of the blog post that was so fascinating as well, Ray, and I love it. I want you to highlight on it. One of the paragraphs or one of the sections says that learning a new language, quote, it physically changes your brain for the better. Can you unpack that a bit? I absolutely love that. Caught my eye because I know a lot of healthcare leaders, a lot of healthcare workers out there, they're in this industry for all the right reasons, and they're always hungry to make themselves better so they can continue their pursuit of moving the healthcare industry forward. So this, of course, applies to them. Unpack that a bit. What's that mean, Ray? Absolutely. I will start with a caveat that I am not a neurosurgeon. And, you know, so some of the science is a little above my head, but there is science to back this up. It goes from early childhood, even into adults. They find when you're learning another language, especially the more separated it is from your, whatever your native tongue, it actually creates new neural pathways in your brain because you have to be able to think of things in different ways. So I'll even put two languages Two languages I know well, right? English and Spanish. They are Latin roots. So theoretically, they are not as similar as English and Mandarin would be. But it still causes your brain to think differently because I'll give you the most prevalent example in that. In Spanish, there are three ways to say to be. I am, for example. In Spanish, there are three different ways of saying that. In English, we only say I am. So if you're going to learn Spanish, you actually have to think what the implication behind the I am is. And our brains, if we've been growing up only speaking one language or specifically English, doesn't have that built in. I mean, you know, academically, we can understand it in worksheets, but in order for you to be able to speak the language and use the correct one at the correct time, your brain actually creates new neural pathways so that you're no longer kind of, the stage one of learning is like the translation, right? You get past that is when the new neural pathways create in your head, and that actually makes you look at the world in a different way. Add to that the cultural nuances of different things, you know, different languages and the different cultures that are coming from it. As soon as you understand this, it actually opens up your worldview. You no longer look at it like, let's say, again, based on the audience here in America, somebody from the United Kingdom, where we look at, we have a certain worldview, while somebody in Mexico, Nicaragua, Chile, Japan would look at the same situation and see it in a totally different light. And by learning that language, learning the culture and learning it from a native speaker who's in that country, 
you are actually gaining insight into that. And that changes your mind. And it's one of those things where once you open the door, you can't close it, right? Once you learn it, you're never going to see the world in the same way again. Well, also what I love about that, and we think about, you know, delivering care, taking care of patients, one big piece of that is leading with empathy. And what you just described can help get to that empathetic state and understanding other cultures, understanding other perspectives. Leading with empathy is so important in healthcare, especially today. So fascinating topic. I'm not a neuroscientist either by any means, but I find that stuff fascinating and is incredibly important as we start thinking through how do we continue to better ourselves as healthcare leaders to meet the need that this industry is going to demand of us now and over the years to come. And, and so let's also talk about that, Ray. Let's pull the crystal ball out a bit. Let's look a little future state. Lots has changed over the past couple of years. Acceleration of change is only going to continue. What does this world look like in regards to teaching languages, this industry, the macro? And then, of course, Ray, what does this mean? Are you seeing things within the healthcare industry, some trend lines where this is going to continue to grow? People are going to continue to look to gather these skill sets to meet the demand in healthcare. What's that crystal ball look like to you, Ray? Absolutely. We kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, right? The demographic of the United States is getting more and more diverse, and there is no sign of that changing at all. And as a result, English is what most Americans speak, but it's not even officially the official language of the United States, right? There's no legal document that says it's there. The second most spoken language in the United States is Spanish, and that is growing all the time. There's Mandarin, there's Thai, there are all these other ethnic groups that are coming inside of the U.S. And it's what makes America great, right? I mean, we are this melting pot of all these cultures. If you're in the medical field and you still want to be relevant 5, 10, 20 years down the road, you can either try to fight that or you can embrace that diversity. And part of embracing that diversity is learning the language and the culture of the people that you serve. And that's just going to accelerate as time goes on. And the longer it takes for any medical professional to start embracing that, the farther and farther they're going to keep falling behind. On even a higher level, the world is globalizing. And this just occurred to me. We haven't even talked about it before. But the world is globalizing as far as medical breakthroughs and science and everything. So, sure, all the medical papers might be in English right now. But there's no guarantee that the top medical papers will be in English 10 years, 15 years down the road. So if a doctor wants to stay relevant in not only the most modern science coming out of the United States, but across the world, speaking two languages, three languages, four languages can help them kind of get ahead of everybody else if that's what they want to do. And then the final thing is that it offsets Alzheimer's. There's studies out there that shows that learning another language offsets Alzheimer's. So if you love being in the medical profession and you want to be there until you're 90, learn another language. Well, that's good to know just in and of itself. I did not know that. I've just picked up a pro tip from my man, Ray. So thank you for that. I had no idea. Wow. But it does make sense, right? You said we talked earlier on those neural pathways and what it does for us in regards to our brain health. It's fascinating. So many topics to continue to <laughs> unpack. I mean, we might need to do another episode. This stuff is fascinating to me. So Ray, let's flip the script. Now let's go back to current state and flip the script on you a bit. We have an amazing community rallied around this podcast. These leaders pushing the healthcare industry forward every single day. I know that this message is going to resonate with them. And of course, we want to be able to help you out. So what's one problem, need, or question that you and the Live Lingua team have that our team can be thinking about or helping you with? It's a very simple answer. We want to be able to help the medical world communicate better with their patients. And in order to do that, come to us, kind of sign up, give us the permission to teach you Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, Mandarin. We have amazing teachers. They're all in their home countries, so you're even helping the economy of other countries by doing this. And this is how we kind of 
give you these great prices because we're paying an amazing salary for Mexico, Chile, all the rest of it. But that's still an amazing price for somebody who lives in Los Angeles, Boston, and Chicago. I mean, there's just no comparison, right? So if you want to be closer to your local community, and I guarantee to you, your local community, a lot of people there speak another language, let us help you by teaching you and your team these other languages, teaching you about the culture, and hopefully we can make the medical world better together. Well, in order to be able to do that, Ray, they need to be able to find you. Where are some social media contact points online, websites or otherwise? How do they get in hold of you and the Live Lingua team to be able to answer that call? Absolutely. So the easiest way is just go to our website, livelingua.com, L-I-V-E-L-I-N-G-U-A.com. You can also follow us on all the social media. So with the same handle. So on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever kids are on these days, TikTok, I have a whole team that takes care of it. I can't even keep up with it anymore. But just look for Live Lingua everywhere and we should be wherever you want to find us. If you want to contact me personally, you can also go to rayblakeney.com and that's just reach out to me. I love hearing from people. I love it. I love it. And for our community, just simply scroll down your favorite podcast player. We'll have all those contact points in the episode notes to click on through to get a hold of Ray and the team at Live Lingua. And of course, you can always head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Ray's episode there. You can leave some comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise, and click on through to get a hold of his team at Live Lingua. Again, over our global free online community at passionatepioneers.com. Ray, this is a heck of a lot of fun. I love this topic. This is incredibly, incredibly important as we continue to reimagine healthcare, what it means, how to serve our patients, how to serve our community members across this nation. So thank you for spending time. But I have one more piece for you before we sign off. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate pioneer because I love to grow. And we talked about this on the entrepreneur side. Every single day I get to learn and... I feel blessed that that's my profession. I love it. I love it. And you can tell you've been doing it year in and year out, doing amazing work. You're leading a phenomenal company and a phenomenal movement that we all should be plugging into, myself included. So I love it. And thank you so much for sharing all of this today, Ray. Thank you for being with us, taking a pit stop on the podcast. We look forward to continuing to be a part of your journey and having our community plug in with yours. Again, Ray, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.